Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. All right, so here's a question. Are you overloaded? Join the club. Seems to be a lot of that going around. One might even begin to think that overload is a natural state of affairs for a productive executive or entrepreneur. In fact, I think it is considered a natural state of affairs. It's one of those, you know, quote, everybody knows, end quote, things where everybody knows that if you're going to build a productive enterprise, the first thing you will have to sacrifice is the rest of your life. Be prepared to work 24-7 if you're going to start a business, right? Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. That would be like building a house, knowing it won't keep out the rain. Make the roof out of Swiss cheese or something. I don't know. Why would anyone build a business that does not afford them the freedom to engage in everything else in life that interests them? Isn't that one of the reasons people go into business is so that they can create their own schedule? So they don't have to work for somebody or answer to anybody? Come on. It's your creation. Why create it as a trap? Yet it seems a lot of guys and gals do. They, they can't seem to make the time for a weekend off, never mind a vacation. Kids are worked into the appointment book. I've actually seen this, believe it or not. Uh, the handling of mankind and the improvement of our civilization, a job every one of us has a vested interest in and thus a responsibility for, gets left off to others, I guess. Except that those, quote, others, end quote, seem to be buried and overloaded as well. Well, if everyone is too busy to paddle a canoe, I guess we'll all just go over the precipice together. Yay! Anyway, it seems by and large that if you want to have a life and a business at the same time, you have to settle for a pretty mediocre level of success. Right? Nope. Nope, not right. There is a precise formula developed by Mr. Hubbard that if you follow it every time you encounter an overload in your life, you will eventually no longer experience overload, at least not on a routine basis. How about that? It's actually a pretty easy formula. Before we get into it, though, I'm going to define a term, and that term is misunderstood word. That's the term, misunderstood words, two parts to it, misunderstood and word. The power of a misunderstood word or term to create havoc and catastrophe was discovered by Mr. Hubbard in his research on the subject of study. It's interesting, isn't it, that they teach you everything in school except study itself. You ever notice that? Do you remember taking Study 101? Of course not, because it doesn't exist. I guess kids are supposed to just have a study gene or something, so they just naturally know. Best they teach you is to do your homework or get penalized and memorize everything that you don't understand. Oh yeah, and stand up at the bell. Don't forget about that. Am I a little jaded today? Maybe. But Mr. Hubbard, in his research into the subject of study, discover that a word that is not fully defined and understood by the student, i.e. anyone trying to learn something, that would be the student, right? Your employees to that extent are students when they're trying to learn their posts, they're trying to learn their jobs. So he discovered that uh, what lies beneath their non-comprehension, lack of application, alteration, and eventual departure or, quote, blow, end quote, which is a term meaning a sudden and unexplained departure, that explains their blow from a subject or area. Hey, this isn't just your employees. What about, you know, your kid that you, you know, invested in two years of uh, piano lessons and suddenly they just don't want to have anything to do with it anymore? I'll tell you what's at the bottom of that. Mr. Hubbard will tell you what's at the bottom of that. It's misunderstood words or terms, you know, 
Look at the things that you may have given up in the past. You have misunderstood words in that area. Look and you'll find them. That's really the evidence to this. But he describes this phenomena fully in his famous article entitled Barriers to Study, dated the 25th of June, 1971. So I'm going to quote from that. In this article, he's obviously outlining several other barriers, but we're not going to discuss those. He does mention something called a gradient, which is a little bit more something, a little bit more. And you do have a barrier where somebody's gradient is out. In other words, they're trying to take on too much too fast in terms of study, and particularly in the area of application. You know, a gymnast who's trying to master a maneuver that they really haven't uh, worked their way up to yet, that would be a skipped gradient. So he makes mention of that here, but this is, we're focusing right now on this barrier called the misunderstood word. Okay, so he says, this is a quote from Mr. Hubbard, a bypassed definition gives a person a distinctly blank feeling, a washed out feeling, a not there feeling, and a sort of nervous hysteria will follow in back of that. So if you've ever remember in, at school or uh, maybe even since then, you know, reading a book or something and all of a sudden realizing, I don't remember what I just read. You're studying a textbook or something like that, like, what? what? Like you're not following it at all or you fall asleep while you're studying it or you just blow, you know, you throw the book in the trash or whatever you do. That's a bypassed definition. And you'll notice there's a sort of hysteria that comes into that. You ever, you know, you see somebody studying and their knee is jumping up and down like crazy. And you're going, what's all that about? You know, they seem to be awfully nervous. They're just reading a book. So that's, that's a manifestation of this bypassed definition. Okay, misunderstood word. He says the manifestation of, quote, below, end quote, stems from the third aspect of study, which is a misunderstood definition or the not comprehended definition, the undefined word. That's the one that produces the blow. So there's other study phenomena Mr. Hubbard is talking about here, but the one that produces the guy blowing the scene, leaving the study, leaving the job, leaving the post in a, in a sudden manner, that's a blow. Right at the bottom of that, you're going to find the misunderstood word somewhere in there. goes on to say this, the person doesn't necessarily blow on the other two. Talking about the other two phenomena, which we're not going into here. Okay, so this third barrier of the misunderstood definition is so much more important than gradients. I mentioned gradients earlier. He says it's the makeup of human relations, the mind and any subject. It establishes talent. It establishes aptitude and lack of aptitude. You see somebody say, yeah, he has no aptitude for this. Check for his misunderstood words. You know, he just doesn't have any aptitude as a salesperson. Just can't seem to sell. You know what? He probably doesn't even know what the word sell means. He probably doesn't know what the word sale means. He doesn't know what salesman means. Check it out you'll probably find they have a misunderstood definition or a lack of comprehension of some sort in there, an incomplete definition of what is a salesperson. Yeah, I know what a salesperson is, somebody who rips people off. That's not the definition of a salesperson, okay? You know that, any honorable salesperson knows that, but that would probably be a fairly common misunderstood word. What's a receptionist? You receive things. Oh, really? I thought I was supposed to bash things away. No, no, you're the receiver. You're a receptionist. You receive things. Oh clear their words. Suddenly, I don't want to be the reception. I hate talking to people. You know, you'd be surprised. So he goes on to say this, it's the definitions of words. That's all it goes back to, the misunderstood word. And that produces such a vast panorama. I'm quoting Mr. Hubbard here. That produces such a vast panorama of mental effects 
that it itself is a prime factor involved with stupidity and the prime factor involved with many other things. If a person didn't have misunderstood words in a subject, his talent might or might not be present, but his doingness would be present. He might not paint a great picture, but he'd be painting pictures. End of quote. So, there's a lot more to know about the misunderstood word, but the main thing I want you to know is that it exists and that it's, it's largely at the bottom of, well, blows, but it's also at the bottom of your overload. Okay, so with this term securely under our belt, and now you know why I take time to define terms at the beginning of each episode, let's go into Mr. Hubbard's five-step formula for handling overload. So the article is titled Overload and Hatting. Where hatting, of course, as we've gone over in earlier episodes, means training for a post or position. That's hatting. Put the hat on the guy. You know, his chef hat or his conductor hat or his hard hat, whatever it is. You're, you're putting a hat on. You're training them on specific duties and functions. That's hatting. And his functions are called a hat. Okay, so the date of this article is 31 August 1971. And Mr. Hubbard writes the following. I have found that whenever I have had to handle something, I have found the person who should have handled it unhatted and with misunderstood words on things intimately connected with his duties. So he's qualifying here that the misunderstood word could be connected to, it could be in his hat, the write-ups. It could also be a misunderstood word on something connected with it. You know, you've trained a guy, he's hatted now as a carpenter, okay, and now he's getting a new type of board. You know, he, he's, he basically understands a word in his uh, hat, but now he's got a new material called MDF. And he doesn't know what MDF means. You probably don't know what MDF means either. So MDF, uh, it stands for medium density fiber board. So that, that wood that you see, or it's not really wood, but it's, it looks like it's made out of um, uh, sawdust or chips, saw chips or whatever. And it's all bound together with, uh, with resin and whatnot and becomes this hard, very flat uh, material that you can build things with. Uh, but the guy was never, ha he never cleared that word. All he knew about was plywood. And so now you're telling him to grab the MDF. You know, he doesn't know what the heck you're talking about, doesn't know what it is. That would be a misunderstood. So it could be a misunderstood in his hat or it could be something connected with his hat or duties. Okay. So just to repeat that. So he says, I have found that whenever I've had to handle something, and he's talking about as an executive, I have found the person who should have handled it unhatted and with misunderstood words on things intimately connected with his duties. Thus, I have found this cycle of great use and thoroughly recommended. So here's a five-step process. One, I'm reading from Mr. Hubbard here. One, emergency item or omission requiring handling turns up. Got any of those? Of course you do. They come up all the time. Oh my God, no one handled Mrs. Smith. I got to get on it, right? Or what the heck is this thing doing out here? Why are we getting fined for this? And, you know, and there you are, you're jumping all over it. Somebody should have handled it, but you're handling it now. Or you're staying up all night, you know, to put, the, put together the accounting because somebody messed it up. And now you're, you know, you get a surprise tax bill or something like that, right? So you're handling it, all right, because an emergency item or a mission requiring handling turns up, you know, somebody quit, you know, or somebody did a terrible job. Who's training them? I don't know. You're now on it because it flapped up to you. So one, emergency item or a mission requiring handling turns up. Two, handle it right now, fast. Then he goes on to say, my handling something time lapse is about five minutes to half an hour. That's his timeline. You might take a little longer. I know I do. 
Then he goes on to say that means terminatedly. You know, you're going to handle it, you handle it terminatedly. We did a whole, uh, we've done a couple of episodes actually on handling things to full done, terminatedly handling it. That's it. It's handled. It's over. So step one, emergency item or omission requiring handling turns up. Step two, handle it right now, fast. By handling something time lapse is about five minutes to half an hour. That means terminatedly. Step three, spot who should have handled it. Okay. Do you do this really? You handle something. Something comes up and you got to handle it now. And oh my God, and it's a big disaster or not. Or maybe it's a small disaster, but you're handling it. You know, somebody uh, mishandled, a, you know, a customer coming in through the front door, didn't give them the usual greeting, was impolite, made them wait, whatever, whatever it was an alteration. So you, uh, well, you know, uh, George Jones there, our regular customer, he's kind of leaving in a huff. He is. Yeah, yeah. Where is he? He's in the parking lot. And you run out there. Hey, George, what's going on? Right. You handle it, you know, per step one and two. But then do you stop and think, OK, now who should have handled it? That's step three. That's the question you've always got to ask yourself when you find yourself handling some kind of an emergency or, or omission. You know, who didn't turn the lights off or who didn't? You know, it can also be it's not just something that's done. It can be something that's not done that should have been done. Right. Who didn't sign for these packages? All right. Step four, interrogate the person on basics of his post. And then he puts in parentheses here, not ask about, quote, hat folders, end quote, etc. Okay, so he makes a little note there. It's not just, okay, let me see your hat. Do you have a hat folder? It's not just that, okay? By the way, if you don't have hat folders for every position in your company, that's probably one of the reasons why you're getting overloaded. Because you're not even giving them the opportunity to have misunderstood words because they've got nothing to study. Think about that. Right. So there is, I guess you could say, an earlier step to this, which is that, you know, your employees or staff get trained at all that they actually have hats, that they had to find duties and functions and so forth. OK, if you don't have that, well, then you're going to be overloaded. All right. That goes without saying. But let's just assume for a moment now you're putting together these hats, you're putting together these folders, they've all got them, but you're still they're still flapping. Things are still coming to you. You're not sure from where or from how or from who. But as soon as you handle it, you figure out. Who should have handled it? That's step three. And then four, what, then you, you interrogate that person. Now, interrogate has a bad connotation. We're not asking you to pull out the light bulbs and all the rest. What's the plan? I'm going to give him the good cup, bed cup routine. Okay. You're just asking him some of the basics of his post. You know, like, how are you supposed to greet a customer when they come through the door? And what are you supposed to do with them right away? Well, I don't know. That's a blank. I think I'm supposed to. That's an uncertainty. You look at the bottom of that. He says here, in all cases so far, I have found the person not doing his post duties unhatted with huge misunderstoods on words like, quote, post, end quote, or, quote, hat, end quote, muster, end quote, etc. Muster is when you bring everybody together at the beginning of the day. You muster everybody up, put them all together. It means you're bringing people together at the beginning of a work period. That's what it means. That's a muster. Okay, you muster everybody up. Okay, so you're asking about that. You're interrogating them on these fundamentals. Okay, how do you open up uh, your sales interview? What must you have in order to be successful in sales? What are some of the basic things that you need 
to be a successful salesperson. You're just interrogating about their post. So that's step four. You are going to interrogate him. You're going to ask him about these things and you're going to find out what he knows and what he doesn't know about the post. And you're going to find at the bottom of that, either the materials don't exist at all and he never got had it at all, or he got someone had it, but he has misunderstood words. And so he doesn't really get it and he can't really apply it or he alters it. All right. So that's what you're going to discover every time you have to handle one of these emergencies and you start investigating. But then step five, hat the guy. Three words. Step five, hat the guy. So you, you found, you know, who should have handled it, what he did wrong or what he didn't do at all. You then investigate, ask him questions about the basics of his post. What do you do with this? What do you do with that? How do you handle this? How do you set up the room? How do you set up the shop? Where do you display these items? You know, you're in a retail store, you know, and we're putting all the boxes of crackers in the, in the front window. Who cares about crackers? That's not going to bring anybody in. So the hat should express that, right? So, you know, how do you set up your window? How do you set up the displays? This is a hatting point. People need to be trained on these things. And they may have a misunderstood word on the word display. Doesn't know what a display is. Isn't that, you know, what I go home to at night, you know, my television display? You will find it one for one. Misunderstood words. More than likely, it's more than one, okay, in the area of their duties or their hat or the things connected with it, intimately connected with it. So Mr. Harper goes on to say this. So I can tell you that any overload you have is from unhattedness of the most basic kind. By the way, you're looking for basic stuff. You know, what's the definition of salesmanship? What's the definition of communication? What's the definition of the word listen? You'd be amazed at how fundamental some of these misunderstood terms and words can be. What's the definition of the word service? To service someone. Well, service, isn't that, you know, that's what I turn on when I turn on my computer is my internet service. No, service has to do with serving people. What does that mean? Serve? You mean I'm a waiter? Like, you would be shocked at how basic some of these misunderstood words can be. So just to repeat, so I can tell you that any overload you have is from unhattedness of the most basic kind. No, wait a minute. It's not unhattedness. I don't even have anybody there handling that. Oh, really? Who's a person who's supposed to be in charge of your uh, human resources? Who's supposed to be hiring? Who's supposed to be training? That, have you done step three, spot who should have handled it? Oh, wow. Well, maybe I actually don't have anybody there at all. Well, maybe you need to hat yourself. You know, I'm a business of one. I don't know why I have all these flaps. You're probably not studying on how you're supposed to be an executive in the first place or how you're supposed to build an organization. You probably have misunderstood words in there. Maybe the flap is self-generated. You know, if it's just a one-man band, I don't know how to hire anybody. What does the word hire mean? Look into this for yourself. But as you start to build your organization, of course, you're supposed to put people in positions who do your hiring and do your training and do your hatting. So if you're running into an absence of terminals, that's your step three. Who should have handled this? How come, you know, I keep coming into this? I'm always having to bypass everybody to clean the office. You know, maybe you're at a size where you need to start thinking about having a janitor. At least someone has to have that defined in their hat. Shouldn't just be you. You're the only one who spots that the place is slovenly. No, you need to, you need to figure out, you know, who should have handled it. That's step three. And step four, of course, uh, ask the person about the basics of his post. Step five, hat the guy. He says at the conclusion of this reference, he says, so I can tell you 
that any overload you have is from unhandedness of the most basic kind. An org, which is short for organization, an org is as efficient and looks as good as its people are individually handed and do their jobs. It's a very good system. I recommend it. It works. L. Ron Hubbard. There you go. That's today's uh, episode on handling overload. So I don't want to hear any more about it when I call you how overloaded you are. And um, I could probably use a few of these steps myself, actually, in my own work now that I'm reviewing it. But the point is, now you know it. You have no excuse for being overloaded. Apply it. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please uh, do give us your feedback. Uh, I love your comments. I try to answer them. Probably should answer more of them. I certainly answer all emails. So you can write me at info at wiseeastus.org. I will answer uh, with your questions or any originations or, of course, your successes. We love to hear about those. And that's it for now. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week.